The Sloppy Sorting Hat is a podcast that includes adult language and content, as well as spoilers from your favorite TV shows, movies, and books. It is also a zero-budget production that may sometimes have weird audio quirks. You have been warned, and this is your last warning. It's the Sloppy Sorting Hat. Hey, Sloppy Slops! Welcome to the Sloppy Sorting Hat. This is a podcast where we sort characters from our favorite movies, books, and TV shows, but because the hat and we are a little sloppy, we will most likely get it wrong. I'm Danny. I'm Mish. And I'm Amanda. We've got beer, we've got sorting, we've got theories, which, oh goody, it's something new and different for us. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe and also when you listen to sloppy podcasts. So get ready to be whelmed because we're sorting 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> but first, we need to get sloppy. Ready, Fred? Ready, George? Awesome, and I'll start us off. So, this episode's featured alcoholic beverage is Land Grant's Mr. Balloon Hands, the better beer of choice for Aunt Marge as she's becoming large and in charge thanks to Harry's wayward magical rage. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Without warning, Margie inflates like a monstrous balloon, each of her fingers blowing up like a salami. So, cheers to you, Mrs. Balloon Hands. Maybe don't be such a bitch next time. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> so this is a tart ale with cranberry and cherry. It is extremely tart. I, honestly, I don't even think it tastes sweet at all, which I'm fine with, but other people may not enjoy. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely fun. The can says, who is this guy? A surreally sessionable wheat ale brewed with deliciously tart cranberries and cherries. It's a perfect beer for drinking out of cups on the patio. Oh, which doesn't sound very classy. All said, <laughs> this beer's got it going. Bossa Nova, get real. I don't know what any of that means. Yeah, so put it in that uh, red Solo cup and drink it on your porch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that's pretty classy right now. It's better than going out to bars during a pandemic. I so guess true. That's, true. that's very true. Is it like a sour beer, Mish? It's not really sour. It's just tart. Hmm. Well, it sounds delicious to me. I like tart. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good. really good. Yeah. Amanda, what are you drinking? I am drinking Hop and Frog Cranberry Turbo Shandy. Um, Hop and Frog is a local beer from the Akron, Ohio area. It's really, really good. I love cranberries. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Danny, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Southern Tier Cherry Crush because in this movie, everyone has a crush on everyone. It's low proof at 4%, but I love cherry, so the taste makes up for it. It's pretty good. All right, well, while we get sloppy, let's play a game. So we are going to play Oh Bloody Beep. Oh, bloody hell. All she wants to do is me. My lips are getting chapped, look. On this segment, I'm going to say a quote from the Harry Potter books and beep out a word. My sisters then have to guess the word I am beeping out. Is everybody ready? Ready. No. Are you ready now, Mish? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what changed in that three seconds. <laughs> All right. When the bursts out of this wardrobe, Neville and sees you, it will assume the form of Professor Snape. Mish will go first. Damn it. Bo <laughs> Sorry. Bogart. It is Bogart, yes. I think it's a Bogart. I think you're a Bogart. Your mispronunciation makes you lose a half a point. It's a Bogart. Okay, I don't actually know. I just want to be a dick. Classic mm -hmm. Danny. 
something new and different for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, Michelle, keep going. You can guess the person who said it, the book, the chapter, or the page number. That's a good old Ramus. <laughs> Ramus. <laughs> uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yep. Chapter eight. No. Danny. Uh, for the steel, I'm going to go with chapter 16. Incorrect. It is chapter seven. Um, <laughs> oh, Mish, you're always so close. It's like you have these books memorized. <laughs> it is a very good memory. It was on page number 135. Cool. So, so far, Michelle has three. Danny has zero. Yeah, pretty sure that's how this uh, this one's gonna go. <laughs> zero. You have okay, zero. I'll let you go next or first this time, Danny. Yes, that's the correct way to do it. Okay. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> she made it sound so generous. It was like, yep, that's how the game operates. <laughs> I am generous. All right. Could have been worse. Remember those. <laughs> she's set on me. Birds. Yes. Good job, yes. Danny. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And whoever said it, the book, chapter, page, I know you want to go with that page number first. Uh, Ron. <laughs> Ron is correct. Keep going. And it was in the Half-Blood Prince? No. <gasps> nope. Yeah. It's in Deathly Hollows, bitch. It is in Deathly oh, Hollows. Shit. Okay. Mish, get that page number. Uh, I'm going to go for chapter oh. first. Oh, fine, fine. Go for it. And I think it's going to be chapter 31. Incorrect. It is chapter 19, page 387. 394. <laughs> oh, that's way earlier than I thought, because isn't that when uh, isn't that when he's talking about her reaction to him coming back? For, I really with the have ball no ball? idea. I, yeah, I don't cool. know. <laughs> I just was just looking at a book and flipping through pages. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, next. So we're at Michelle four, Danny two. Next, okay, at least I'm on the board. Oh yeah, I borrowed it for a bit of bedtime. <laughs> bedtime beep. <laughs> um, I think bedtime jerking it. Um, yeah, reading. Yes. Like, I mean, like, I, I I, don't know, Hermione? No. Okay. Danny. Let's see. Who said it? Uh, who reads? Who knows how to read? Not Crab and Goyle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Harry. Nope. <laughs> God damn it. I suck at this. Okay. So that's it. Ron, Ron said it sarcastically to Hermione. Like, oh yeah, I borrowed it for oh. a bit of bedtime reading. Um, oh. In Prisoner of Azkaban, chapter 16, page 315. So Michelle wins five to Danny's two. Good job, Mish. You win nothing. Enjoy. You go, girl. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> bok, bok. Bok, bok. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time. It's time, guys. Remove head from sphincter, then sort. When I call your name, you will come forth. I shall place a sorting hat on your head, and you will be sorted into your houses. I'll go first. <laughs> I have Mandela, 
I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce that. Anyway, it's like, Mandalorian. I don't even know if this is the real character. This is like a combination of you and Manda's names. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. It's Kat's best friend. Oh, anyway. okay, okay. But Mandela is a great mix of Manda and Danielle. I love it. Okay. Mandela not only likes Shakespeare, but she is involved with Shakespeare. And anyone involved with an old dead white guy is going straight to Gryffindor. That shit is risky and frisky. <laughs> uh, another point in the Gryffindor column is wearing that amazing Renaissance dress to prom. It's beautiful, but for a super judgy school, uh, it was pretty brave, and I commend her for that. So I think she would make a great Gryffindor. Yeah, I agree. I like Gryffindor. Wander in my house. I love her. I think she's amazing. Yeah, I think she's uh, brave for being able to like say her actual opinion to Kat, like, that she wants to go to prom, even though she knows Kat isn't going to want to. And Kat's kind of scary. Yeah, she's pretty scary. A little bit. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm up next, and I'm sorting Mr. Morgan, who appears to be the English teacher. Um, Mr. Morgan's getting sorted into Ravenclaw uh, for his inspiring creativity and genius teaching techniques. First, he spits out some Shakespearean verses, and this dude's got bars, and also, what a unique idea. Literally, no one has ever thought to rap Shakespeare before, and uh, Mr. Morgan is a top fucking mind, okay? Then, his assignment. <laughs> Rewrite a sonnet in your own words. Brilliant. So fresh. Seriously, with this level of originality, I can't believe this guy isn't teaching at Sarah Lawrence or even Harvard. And then not to mention, uh, not to mention how obviously he values knowledge and learning like a true Ravenclaw would. Making sure all his students are present and engaged and understand the assignments and not just sending people to the office on the slightest whim or anything like that. So a true Ravenclaw. I um I love this. He he is really smart in knowing that um what's his name? What is his name? Uh Joey, Joey needs to oh. get <laughs> that Joey really needs to get his dumb butt beat in by cat. Um I love that. Yeah, I thought he was really funny when he was laughing when Joey came in with the black eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart, so smart for thinking that's hilarious because it is hilarious. I think at one point he says that uh, to Joey that one day Kat's going to slap him and uh, he's not going to do anything to stop it. <laughs> yeah. But some really fresh teaching ideas is my point, you know. I would have liked him as an English teacher, though. He actually seemed to make it kind of fun. I didn't like English. No offense to our English teachers if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I thought he made it fun. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm up next, and I'm starting Miss Perky. <laughs> Such a funny name. <laughs> so I'm starting Miss Perky into Ravenclaw. She is cre creative enough to write a novel about Reginald's quivering member. She realizes right away that Cat on her mug is like the name Cat, Cat, Cat. Nothing can get by you, Miss Perky. <laughs> I tell ya. <laughs> <laughs> she also gets great insights and wisdom like when she tells Patrick he's very optimistic comparing his dick to a bratwurst or when she tells Kat people often think of her as a heinous bitch and especially when she says high schoolers are the same little ass wipe shit for brains everywhere definitely Ravenclaw <laughs> <laughs> ass wipe shit for brains <laughs> yeah she's obsessed with penises and cats and I, I admire that about her yeah, two great <laughs> things that go great together. 
Cat? Cat. I love that part. Literally every time I love it. <laughs> I mean, I really think she's smart enough to realize that um, the word bratwurst is good. Just go ahead and take that for herself. <laughs> love it. All right. I'm up next and I have Michael Ekman. And Michael Ekman is going to Gryffindor. Here are some reasons why. Despite knowing he can get hepatitis from a bar, he goes there. And that's what <laughs> <laughs> he drives his little motorbike down that big ass hill and that's pretty reckless yeah on purpose he attempts that was the plan yeah <laughs> yes that was the plan he did that on purpose he attempts to cross a track full of runners which is super dangerous for a slow dude just puts images of pretty people into his spank bank which is like wow you have a lot of nerve dude he sits at the cool table like he belongs but he doesn't so that's courageous and he shows a lot of determination with impressing Mandela with an adorable promposal and dressing up as the bard. And overall, he just doesn't give a shit about what people think about him, which is pretty Gryffindor if you ask me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree with Gryffindor. And I think that the my main reason for that is because he just jumps in to all of this with basically no forethought. And he actually has no reason to do any of it. Yeah, right? like there's like, nothing in it for him. There's literally nothing in it for him. He meets Cameron. Five seconds later, he's involved in one of the most complicated schemes I've ever seen. <laughs> and, I and I don't know his angle whatsoever. So it's definitely Gryffindor behavior. And plus, he just embraces <laughs> the fact that Joey is just drawing this dick on his face. Just embraces yeah. it. Very, very brave of him. <laughs> I have a dick on my face, don't I? <laughs> Seems completely okay with it too. Yeah, he's totally fine with it. <laughs> it's weird. He's a weird character. He like, I mean, he gets he gets a girlfriend at the end, and he gets his revenge on Bowie Logenstein. But like, he never like gets his spot in the group as group leader back or anything. Like, so I just aside from like having that party happen, which he could have done without getting involved in Cameron's weird life at all. Um, <laughs> I really do not know what is in it for this character. Well, he did I, make a friend. Yeah, you know, but with I mean, Cameron. That's I good. Cameron would have been friends with them even if he had said, like, hey, maybe let's not do all this weird shit. Let's just, like, play oh, some yeah. video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like normal, like normal teenage boys. Up next, I'm sorting Chastity Church. And Chastity is sadly getting sorted into the very problematic 90s movie Token Black Best Friend House. Like, seriously, she has about five lines in this movie and none of them are very good. <laughs> the, only redeeming quality, the only redeeming quality of this character is that the fantastic Gabrielle Union manages to make something out of nothing with her subtle scheminess that she brings to lines like, hey, you passed when she abandons her bestie <laughs> Bianca for D-bag Joey. <laughs> so, you know, and I mean, Gabrielle, she's awesome, funny, gorgeous, amazing actor who I am sorting into Babe House. Check her out and bring it on, you guys. And welcome to Hufflepuff, Gabrielle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm so happy you found a nice spot for Gabrielle Union. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was I you found the right doing? spot for? <laughs> chastity. Oh. Just for uh, her name I, alone. Like, who names their kid Chastity? Chastity uh, Church. I don't, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's like up there with Virginia Mary. Right. <laughs> Shout out to grandma. 
I think it's really tragic that she doesn't have a Prada backpack. That is really tragic. If she did, she'd know true love. Yeah, but she loves her sketchers. Mm-hmm. So she does know true love, but just not at the same level as Bianca. I love that Skechers was like the popular shoe. It's so strange. Like a Prada backpack. Yeah, I get that. Like rich bitches have Prada backpacks. But Skechers? Well, back in the day. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe for teenagers. I don't know. I guess I never had Skechers. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, couldn't they have said like Nike or something? I mean, I Nike was definitely way cooler. But uh, no, for real, this is a huge problem in movies of the 90s and 80s and a lot of movies today still is that like the um, best friend character, uh, they'll like kind of put a token black person into a movie and then it's like, see, look at our diversity. And it's like sometimes that character doesn't even have a personality. They're just there to like crack jokes or whatever. They do this with like sassy big girls as well. Of all of all races, I think so. You know, just one of those like token so things that when you watch the movie, you're like, "Ooh, that's yeah, that's that's kind of problematic, right?" Especially like, when you've got yeah. Gabrielle Union like playing the character, and you could have gotten a much um, more interesting character with such a good actor. Yeah, Agreed. for sure. I'm and glad it, you called it out, me. Didn't Thanks. age well. Does not age well. A lot of things in this movie don't age super well. Like, I agree. No. Um, like condoning violence <laughs> throughout the movie. The humor kind of uh, holds up. <laughs> yeah, but the humor yeah, holds up. It is pretty problematic. The soundtrack holds up. Oh, yeah. Soundtrack's amazing. True. Oh, yeah. I mean, but we, we should definitely talk about the band playing on the freaking roof, though. I mean, what in the world? I was watching the end of it, and I was like, seriously? Why are they on the freaking roof? That's yeah, that's really weird. Just like randomly at the end I of the movie, like- this band on the roof. <laughs> Yeah, the acoustics up there have to be like really bad, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how do you think they got up there? Do you think they they just went on a um, a helicopter and they just jumped off one by one? Yeah, I think it's definitely yes. it. They jumped out of a helicopter <laughs> one by one. I can't think of any other way they could have got up there. I seriously got there. Yeah, up. it's magic that none of their instruments got killed in the landing. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm up next. I'm sorting Walter the dad. I'm going to put Walter the dad. <laughs> in Ravenclaw because he knows what's up. He is down. He has the 411. He knows full well that if his daughter goes out, it will be to get jiggy with it with some boy. He does not care how dope his ride is and his mama definitely didn't raise no fool. (laughs) (laughs) He gives great rules too that make total sense like no drinking, no drugs, no kissing, no tattoos, no piercings, no ritual animal slaughters of any kind. That last one guys is super important. Mm-hmm. He understands that a small study group of friends is actually an orgy and that hell is just a sauna. Since he has all of these amazing insights and wisdom, he definitely needs to be in Ravenclaw. I totally agree. And my first note under him is mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why I wouldn't put him in Slytherin because he obviously has this weird my daughters can't date scheme, but his scheme hinges on the whims of a fickle teenage girl He's like basically relying on Kat to never want to date, which is crazy. And so he's not a true schemey Slytherin, but he he ain't no fool. So Ravenclaw. Right. I agree. Um, It's the worst scheme in the world. Like, did he think that his daughter would just never date? Like ever? It's so weird where he's just like, the rule is no dating. It's a hard and fast rule. He's like, you know what? New rule. 
this one is going to be easier for you to overcome. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he didn't think that through. I mean, overall, though, he's kind of super strict, but he's nice-ish and kind of just a good dad in general, especially since he's like a single dad. Yeah. What was he thinking? Yeah, he knows. A good dad deep down. That's it. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) I'm up next and I am sorting Joey. And like a lot of these characters, he's going to Ravenclaw. (laughs) Joey is a know-it-all rich bitch who belongs in Ravenclaw. He doesn't know what pensive means, but that's okay because he knows money can buy him whatever he wants. He is smart enough to realize that just sex is better than an actual relationship. He gets beat up by Bianca and nerdy Ravenclaws get beat up, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. He's mainly going to Ravenclaw for his creativity and face art. Peens on faces. How original. (laughs) (laughs) Although I gotta say, I've never seen anybody draw titties on a lunch cafeteria tray before. That's a little bit original. Yeah. Oh, agreed. I forgot about that. Nice, Mish. He is creative. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he actually is creative. Maybe he actually is in Ravenclaw. We should change the sorting. (laughs) Maybe. I just I'm not sure what he's gonna do with it. Like that's the thing. Like you look at it and he's like, he's drawing it on the tray and it's pretty good. But but then like you also the immediate thought is like, but why? Like what is the point of that? What is he gonna do with it? There's no purpose for that. So I don't know. Plus he has the nickname Joey Eat Me Donner. So I don't know. Clearly a widely known nickname and not just something that comes up with off the top of her head. (laughs) Right. I love it. I love it, though. All right, next up, I'm sorting Cameron. Does Cameron have a personality? Seriously, I think the only things we know about this kid are that he makes instantaneous judgments about women based on how hot he thinks they are. Yeah, like in a second. And that he maybe likes sailing. And I'm not even convinced he likes sailing, guys. I'm not sure this little booger even knows how to sail. Like, I think he thought it sounded just interesting enough to catch Bianca's attention. And if there were a sequel to this movie, I think it would be called 10 Things I Miss About You. And it would sit around Kat writing the eulogy for Bianca's funeral because she and Cameron died in a tragic sailing accident moments after the end of the movie. (laughs) But, I mean, to give Cameron a little bit of credit, this guy has some balls. He seems completely unafraid of talking to literally anyone, even though he's been at this school for about five seconds. And not just talk to them, but hatch really super elaborate, stupid schemes with them. Like, morally questionable schemes immediately. It's, he, like, walks up and he's like, hi, I'm Cameron. I'm new here. So, I heard you want to get some of that Stratford Strange. Me too. And if I got a genius idea for you, like, what is, what is that? I don't understand. It's, it's insane. So Gryffindor, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I think, um, I think you're right about the talking to people, um, even though he's only been there for like five seconds. And he also just like tells it like it is like telling Bianca, even though she's pretty, she just can't be mean to everyone. I think that was pretty brave. That is pretty brave. It's also brave <laughs> to pretend you know how to sail. Also brave to pretend you know French. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot of pretending and it's very brave. Courageous pretending. <laughs> yep. 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 So are we, not, are we not going to talk about the fact that he should be in Slytherin because he schemes? I mean, you could put the entire fucking cast in Slytherin for scheming. The entire movie is like 600 schemes. It is. Agreed. 
you're right. <laughs> we'll do we'll do Gryffindor for him. That's fine. He's pretty cute. I'll take him to my house. All right. So I'm up next. I'm starting Bianca. She is a typical social climbing girl in high school. She's very pretty. All of the boys want her and likely out of most of their leagues. This makes me think that she may be part Vila. She realizes that her crush Joey is an idiot and eventually shows that she does actually care for her for her sister and that she's not just some mutant. And she's also weirdly <laughs> very good at French, even though she needs a tutor. So I'm going to sort her into Bo Battens because of her beauty, her ability to catch anyone's attention, being well-dressed, graceful, and worldly, like knowing the difference between liking her Skechers and loving her Prada backpack, and knowing a lot of French. Bo Battens. Plus, she knows that you can be whelmed in Europe. <laughs> yes. This all makes sense. I definitely think Bianca is part Vila. Um, like, and I just don't understand why she needs a French tutor when she's good at French. It makes no sense. Maybe she was scheming to get with Cameron, even though Cam she'd never met Cameron. Oh, my God. But she, yes. had, a, she had a vision that Love she pretended to be better at French. She'd meet her husband slash murderer. <laughs> she had a vision. Because <laughs> of the sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sailboat thing. The sailboat. Ah, yeah, <laughs> you know what? I think that's really good, Amanda. I'm happy with her being over there. She is kind of like Flora Delacour. So, I, yeah, I think she's very that. pretty. And the uh, Bo Batten's Academy is in France, and she knows French. Do you see what yeah. I'm getting at, guys? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for I, explaining it again. <laughs> yeah. The second time it made even more sense. I agree. Put her in books, Batten's. <laughs> The not all girls school. Right. But they're all good looking. Yeah, they are. Not every single oh. kid at that school could be good looking. That's yes, like Michelle. It said that on Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> and Wiki never lies. Okay, nice job, Amanda. I'm up next and you guys know who I got. Patrick Verona. You're just too good oh. to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. I mean, this is obvious, right? Let's all say it on three. One, two, three. Babe, babe house. house. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick is a Hufflepuff babe. He may seem like a bad boy with his smoking, drinking, long hair, taking money to date a girl, fingering the Bunsen burner flame, and allegedly eating a live duck persona. <laughs> Some of that is shady shit. Finger like blasting burner, just finger blasting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And some of that is just shady shit, like lab safety. Fingering Bunsen burners is not safe. But deep down, he's a great guy. He does so many nice things that he must be in Hufflepuff. He takes care of Kat when she gets wasty pants. He tells Cameron, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want, which is great <laughs> advice. He serenades Kat in an amazingly dramatic fashion. He buys Kat a guitar with all that money he made dating her. And he has an Australian accent. So, yeah, he could come into my house. Oh, yeah. Aww. I'm going to let him in to my house. <laughs> I want him in my house. Too bad. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, he's he great. I, when I was re-watching the movie, that's, that scene where he, sang, he serenades Kat, I was sitting there and I was like, so Patrick already had this song memorized, right? That's what we learned from this scene. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of a weird song for someone like him to like know by heart i agree yeah it's a little bit strange 
but the sweetest thing. It's because, just, but I think he's just kind of like, uh, it's all a facade that he's this bad boy. So he probably listens to that song like every night <laughs> while looking at himself in the mirror because he thinks he's pretty. Yeah. And Andy's right. He is yeah. Right, yeah, and he gets really upset when Cameron insinuates that he's not a pretty boy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's are you saying are you are you saying you don't think I'm pretty? No, <laughs> no I, just wasn't, I just wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a hottie. I miss you, Heath Ledger. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, hottie boom body. Hopefully, <laughs> puff. For sure. Babe has. I mean, it's just adorable. He's just adorable. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> really we can't even we move can't, on. We can't move we on. Really, he yeah. just really <laughs> melts my heart. Like, <laughs> You guys just want to talk more about the um, serenade scene? Because I'll talk about that all night. He's adorable. <laughs> yeah. When he like, he's running away from the cops and he slaps that uh, that police officer's ass. Yeah. As he's <laughs> like, that ass. <laughs> Love that part. That ass. That ass. <laughs> I also love the paintball scene. That's so yes. Nice. It is so cute. He's actually a really cute guy. Oh, I was watching this with Justin and I asked him if we could do the paintball scene. We could recreate it. <laughs> <laughs> Not play paintball if you could recreate the scene. <laughs> I especially like in the paintball scene that they're just throwing the paintballs instead of using the guns. That seems a lot easier. I agree. Yeah. And a lot safer. Yeah. I think that um, one of the things I realized when I was rewatching this is the scene where he asks Kat to prom. I honestly think like he forgot for a second that he was being paid to ask her to prom and genuinely wanted to go to prom with her. And then when she was like, oh no, and he was like, oh, I have to push it or whatever. Cause like, it seems like really, really genuine and sincere. And then it like devolves into a fight when she kind of pushes back. So I think he like would forget that he was like, quote unquote, doing a job all the time, which was kind of adorable. Yeah. Yeah. He's cute. He's cutie. He's so cute. I love him. <laughs> um, so I'm next I'm going to sort cat but before I sort cat I just want our listeners to know that I do not condone violence and I abhor the double standard that is often portrayed in movies that women hitting men is funny or okay because it's not that being said Katarina Stratford will you marry me <laughs> <laughs> okay for real I think cat is in my opinion one of the great female characters, at least in, you know, cheesy 90s era teen movies, because she is flawed and realistic. Again, as realistic as you can be in a cheesy 90s era teen movie. Uh -huh. um, she's angry. And though she has, you know, legitimate reasons to be angry, uh, she doesn't have a clue how to express it or deal with that. Super realistic to the teen girl experience. Uh, she's a total brat. So was I when I was 18 years old and trying to, you know, kind of get out of town, figure out who I was, ready to be an adult, or at least I thought I was. I was very wrong. And, you know, once you get past some of her walls, she's got a big old heart. She wants to protect her sister, but she has no idea how. So she ends up like infantilizing her and lying to her. And ultimately, Bianca, absolutely right about this point, scheming with their dad to hold her hostage, which is fucked up. But <laughs> she realizes how wrong that is much faster than her adult father, I will point out. <laughs> and she fixes it. She makes it right. And she even learns how to open up her heart a tad of Patrick's little corny ass in so they can just, like, be so adorable together. So I am sorting her into Slytherin for her cunning, for her scheming with her dad, and for having the ambition to want to be and to succeed at being a better person. Hmm. Oh, that's so I nice. Like it. It's not all jokes for me. I'm shocked. But also, who does she hit? 
Oh, well, she, um, there's the. Oh, she, oh, yeah, she hit that guy in the balls and he needed the surgery to get his ball back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. But <laughs> 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 Bianca's the one that does all the punching. I yeah, you're right. Actually, Bianca's the one who actually physically hits somebody in the movie. Although Cat does do some things like like whips a soccer ball at Patrick's head at one point, backs up into um, Joey's car. Yeah, backs oh, into no. Joey's car. Like she's the one who kind of like projects a violent sort of persona. Um, persona, yeah. And uh, while it's badass, I don't. I just wanted to point out that like there is a double standard a lot of time where it's like a woman hits a man. Um, even if he has it coming for having said shitty things, you shouldn't hit, you shouldn't, it's like we celebrate that. And if it were a man hitting a woman, we wouldn't celebrate. I do think it is a bit of a double standard. So just wanted to call out another problematic thing about movies from the nineties. Very true. Uh, For the balls one, that guy did grope her though. So it was really self-defense. So I just want to give her a little bit of credit. That guy did grope her. (laughs) <laughs> so you, you it, you're absolutely right. You could argue in self defense. The the way that it's celebrated that he had to have the testicle surgery, I think, is a yes. little gross. Yeah, that's a bit odd. <laughs> but um, um, like when Bianca hits Joey, Joey has just hit Cameron. Right. So, oh right, you're like, right. That's it's true. Ju- it's like justified in in a sense, but it's just kind of like the, then at school, Joey's getting made fun of by the teacher for getting punched at a school event. It's not super realistic. <laughs> That like nobody got in trouble for punching anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. Once again, so, this movie did not age well, but that's okay. Still <laughs> find it amazing. But no, it's still. I mean, for the most part, I think like it's harmless stuff. I just wanted to call out like it's it's slightly problematic and not something I think that we would necessarily be comfortable with in a more modern movie. She's a bit confusing though because she gives off this like hard ass persona, but then. When she tries to get Patrick out of detention, she decides to uh, flash her uh, breasts to the teacher. Yeah. To distract him. Yeah. Flashes the, her soccer coach. Yeah. I can't imagine the next soccer practice was not at all awkward, right? Like, right. Yeah. She wasn't thinking before she was acting on that one. <laughs> More of a Gryffindor trait there. But, uh, right. Reckless. Reckless. But yeah, the flashing thing is like, I don't really have a problem with her flashing somebody if it's her body, if she wants to show it off. But like, she's a student and he's a teacher. And it's like, again, another thing that no one ever comments on or does anything about. And it's very strange. Oh, I also just want to say that I really enjoyed that she was still super intelligent while she was um, belligerent. She's oh, yeah. a mess in this movie because now I'm th- <laughs> now I'm thinking of when she got drunk and was dancing on that table, mm-hmm. and, and that's perfectly fine. You no, know, I love on it. table. Yeah, no, I love dancing on tables. I do it every night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a joke. It's part uh, of your exercise routine. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I'm just like thinking about what you said. She is very flawed. But right. she's also badass. It's interesting. I, mean, she's, uh, I find her so badass because she's flawed. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's likable. Yes, exactly. I've well, always I loved her character. Yeah, I've always liked her too. Yeah, My bedroom in high school, I'm pretty sure, like, I saw her bedroom in the movie and was like, all right, I'm going to do that. It's like <laughs> every, every spare inch of wall is covered in some kind of photo or poster or whatever. Actually related more to Bianca. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. When she says, I happen to like being adored, thank you. I was like, me too. <laughs> same, Bianca, same. <laughs> and when Kat said, I want you, I need you, oh baby, oh baby, oh, baby. I really uh, 
I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that part. What, that scene when she's like drunk and she's like insulting Patrick and Patrick is like, see, like, why would I go try to find a woman who likes me when I could have this? I was like, I feel that. I feel like that's how people in my life probably feel about me. Like, why would I go find a friend who's nice to me when I could just be insulted by this person, you know? Yeah, being insulted is kind of fun once in a while. <laughs> but she's great. Summary, yeah. she's great. She's going to marry me. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to go to that wedding. Yeah, we're going to have letters to Cleo as the band, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> okay, let's mash these two groups of horny teenagers together. It's time for Magical Mashup. <laughs> Magical Mashup. Okay, so, and I'm sure you guys can guess exactly what I did, which is I wrote my own 10 Things I Hate About You poem. Oh, okay. I'm oh, excited. Wait, side note. Sorry, mm-hmm. I have lots of side notes in this podcast. Um, it took me until, the, so I've seen this movie probably over like 20 times in my entire life. Maybe not 20, let's say 10 <laughs> for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> it took me till the last time I watched it that, that the reason why this movie is called 10 Things I Hate About You is because of the poem at the end. How did it take me this long? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like a Macy's. I am not observing. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade level of revelation for you. I know. I'm, it's I'm happy you shared this information with us. So. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Justin, though, too, because he didn't realize either. So, ha. Huh. Not just good. me. You guys are good for each other. Yeah. <laughs> okay, All right. I'm going to read my poem, and then you guys tell me who you think is writing it for whom. Okay. Okay. I hate the way you cling to me and the way you mess my hair. I hate the way you hide in trees, and I hate it when people stare. I hate this big dumb turban and the fact that I can never be alone. I hate your constant stocking of potter and your obsession with the stone. I hate the way you call me fool. I hate it when you yell. I hate that you can't walk yourself or even cast your own spell. I hate the way you're always around and the fact that I'm in your thrall. But mostly I hate how you don't have a nose. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, It's definitely Coral talking to Voldy. Voldy, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. You did so good. Thanks. And if we ever sort um, a very part of musical, they have a very fun relationship in that um, play. And so I was thinking, kind of thinking of that when I wrote this as well. Ah, okay. Awesome. Yeah, they do have a, an odd relationship in the musical. Or a more cute relationship, I would, it's, I would it's really say. really cute, yeah. Yeah. Like Cat, Harry Potter fans should also be known as Miss I Have an Opinion About Everything. Let's dive into an eerie theory going mad they're just as sane as i am so for this eerie theory uh i took the word cat and tried to find a theory because of cat anyway (laughs) here is the theory crookshanks actually used to belong to the potters here are the facts hermione bought him from the magical menagerie him having been there for ages no one wanted him um he knew exactly who sirius and wormtail were in their animagus form and that suggests prior knowledge. And in Deathly Hallows, Harry found a letter his mum wrote. Sorry, it says mum. Mum. His mums. His mums wrote. His mumsy. Mumsy wrote to Sirius, mentioning that Harry almost killed the cat on his toy broomstick. So they had a cat, and we think it's Crookshanks. I love this theory. That's so cute. I love it. Yeah, I guess I always thought that um, that Crookshanks knew Sirius and 
um, Mousefucker, whatever his name is, Peter. <laughs> um, because <laughs> I legitimately could not remember his name for a second. Um, <laughs> I always thought it was just like an instinct thing, right? Yeah, because Crookshanks is part Kiesel or whatever. <laughs> Neasel. Yeah, Sneasel? Sneasel. <laughs> the Pokemon. Sneasel. Um, yeah, so I always thought that too, that uh Crookshanks could just like communicate with them because she like he was able to communicate. Did but, like Sirius tell us that or did we just assume that? Because I mean Crookshanks doesn't talk. Well and I, I, I think it's an assumption. I do know that they became friends I because they could communicate. And so Sirius did his little manipulation trick on Crookshanks. I think I especially like this idea because if the the Potters did have a cat, which they did, according to Mumsy's letter, um, <laughs> <laughs> then what the heck happened to the cat if uh, it died? They all died because I mean, Dumbledore and Hagrid did not bring this cat to the Dursleys. Right. So yeah. where did the cat go? Love it. I I I think that this is for real. This is canon. This isn't head canon. Oh my god, canon. Man, it's decided it's canon. <laughs> and she's in charge of the canon, so. She's in charge of canon. All right, put it on Twitter. It's canon. <laughs> Hashtag canon. Good Hashtag, job, Dean. Hashtag out of a canon with this revelation. <laughs> out of a canon. Boom! <laughs> Blew your minds. Blew my mind. It's a canon. So think about that. I will. For... I'm going to think about it before I go to bed tonight. It's perfect. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> and on that note, let's move on. It's time to spill that beer to serum. Woo! The time has come for answers. Have you brought the Veritas serum? So this is the segment where our fans or Google asks us a question <laughs> and we answer. <laughs> we have to answer truthfully because of the Veritas serum, right? Are you yes. drunk? No. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Okay. So I had a friend. Oh, you had a Google. friend. Oh my God. That's such a fun, like a new thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> you had a friend. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um, he's pretty cute. Actually. Was it Justin? Yeah, it's Justin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. okay. What's oh, you don't have a friend. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, he wants to ask, who do you think is the most underrated teacher in Hogwarts? Your mom. Mm, um, nice. I think it's Flitwick because he teaches charms. And charms is actually like super powerful, but he gets like n- hardly any mention. I agree. I like that answer, Danny. Mish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's Trelawney. Oh, that's a good one too. Because she likes the sherry. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Sherry? It's a bottle of Sherry. Oh. I think she's underappreciated because she really makes for great entertainment. And I think that those kids should appreciate that more. She's the one who actually did see the prophecy. Yeah. So she's important. Yeah, but like only a couple of people know that. So it's uh, that's why nobody knows how great she is. Okay. The Grim. (laughs) I think it's Ramus Lupin. I don't think he's underrated at all. No, I know. I have no idea. I didn't actually answer the question. I'm going to go with uh, Flitwick. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great choice. (laughs) Danny wins this one. (laughs) This is in a game? (laughs) Yes. I finally won something. Damn it. 
How did I, how'd you let yourself lose that, Michelle? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. <laughs> you suck. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our 10 Things I Hate About You episode. Don't forget to like, rate, save, subscribe, or whatever you need to do so you don't miss the next episode, you chump. Please follow us on Instagram at sloppy.sorting.hat and on Twitter at sloppy sorting and on Facebook also as well. Feel free to send us questions and suggestions. See you later, sloppy slops. We're screwed. <laughs> <laughs>